welcome to Laugh at Monkey Music Show. Today I'm David Roche. David is the singer in Junkyard. How are you? I'm well, thank you. What's really great is you guys obviously came out, you know, and, and then you had a decent side, decent uh, hit to MTV, did get the biggest sales, and then a the second album delay, and then, you know, grunge happened. But you guys came back like 27 years later. And, and yeah. so it's, I mean, it's fantastic. And I, I think, and, that, and that's the important thing. I want to talk about some of these newer albums. You know, if, if, I'm going to say that right now. If anybody wants to go um, get a full on history and a great podcast with you, we were talking about earlier, go to Talk Louder. It's a great podcast, anyhow. And um, check out that one because you guys really go through all the albums and stuff. And uh, so, but but to me, I wanted to know, it, it always seems to me because I always immediately thought when I first heard you guys back. Uh, when I first heard you was um, you guys are definitely like a punk, a punk rock ZZ Top type of band. You know, that's what you guys sound like to me. And I mean that the coolest thing because I love punk. I love punk back then. I love ZZ Top. So to me, got a boogie in it. So it wasn't just like a blues band. You know what I mean? And um, Right. Little country twang and a few yeah. songs too. And I um, hear some of your newer songs too, though, too. So it's never gone away. I think that the punk thing is more of a just the energy and the attitude than actual like like it sounds like punk rock music mm-hmm. um, i mean there's definitely some punk swagger about it you know but there's some blues swagger too and you know so it's i don't know we're just a we're a junkyard we're a collection of uh, all our influences you know what's funny is whenever i try pulling up anything with junkyard I'm sure you've come across there. There's a band called Junkyard. So if you look up Junkyard and you type in Junkyard Band because you want to get the band and not a junkyard. Yeah. There's, there's a band mm-hmm. called Junkyard Band. Right. Which yeah, they're from I think they're from DC. And um yeah, I think we had to pay them like ten grand or something back in the day to to keep our name. Even oh, though it was like, a different name, sort of. I mean but yeah, whatever. That's pretty funny. I didn't even know that. I just, I just know it keeps popping up. I was gonna be like, "Did you guys ever cross paths at all?" I mean, at the time. No, but I'm sure they know of us, and we know of them. You know, because anytime they click on to see their stuff, we come up. You know, so it'd be fun <laughs> yes. to meet them. Someday, actually, you guys should do a show together. I mean, it would just be so fun. Uh-huh. Just like cross paths. Who yeah. knows? It could be magic. You guys could be like, like you know, it could be like you and Jason. You guys are just like stars crossing in the night. You know. Or in the hallway. I mean, you know, we're from the same era. You know, we're probably about the same age. Had a lot of the same life experiences. So, stranger things would happen. Yeah. But vocally, when did you discover you were you were going to be a singer though? And because you have a certain sound and a vocal range, which I always loved, and and it's really hasn't wavered at all. I mean, it hasn't changed at all. I mean, through all the years, which is is good. Especially you look at your peers now. Well, um, I don't know. I, I started singing um, like third or fourth grade. I would um, go to the Goodwill and pick out 45s of Elvis and stuff. And, and I think of it more as like parroting or, you know, trying to imitate mm-hmm. um, singers that I admired. You know, I, I developed my own style, I guess, or developed my own voice. But um, as far as, you know, the delivery and stuff like that, I steal from everybody, you know, and kind of try to make it my own. 
it's a good yeah. voice. I mean, it's a great voice, and it's your your own voice. And that's the thing with a lot of the artists and rock rock singers and male singers have their own mm-hmm. voice. I mean, you can, I turn the radio, and I don't feel like an old man, you know, get off my lawn type of deal. But it's with a lot of certain singers, even pop artists at times, it's very similar. They cross, and you're like, who's that? Like, because or if you know a singer, you can hear their voice, and you just know it's who they are. What matter what they're singing, which can be detrimental if they're trying to cross genres or something. Yep. But to me, my favorite thing is when I have a singer that I know who it is. That's their voice. And mm-hmm. you literally have to imitate them to do their voice. You don't just, everyone just doesn't sound like that. You have to, you know, be purposely trying to do that. And right at the gate, you have yeah. your, own, you had your own sound. Well, <clears throat> yeah, like I said, I mean, I steal from everybody and developed it into my own, you know, my voice is, I guess, is um, pretty, um, you know, you know it's me. Oh yeah, if you hear it. But and it, but it, I, mean, but, I, I mean, yeah. No good. You you well you sounded even at that even at that young age you sounded like you already lived a million years, and you looked as as road knowledgeable and known as, as your denim jacket that's already kind of worn in. Like it already felt like that was the guy. Like that you were you were you were seeing with those life experiences at that right young age, <laughs> and you had it in the you had that sound and soul in your voice because that was the raspiness and the you know the strength of your voice. I grew up fast. <laughs> you grew up in Texas, right? Yeah. So that was a little bit different and a little bit. Was it huge? Was it like a culture shock going from Texas to uh, um, to LA? Or, you know? Um, no, not really. I mean, because I was, you know, <clears throat> in the punk scene in Austin, in the music scene in Austin. So, and most of the people in LA were kids moving out there to be musicians. So I've kind of, and, you know, I actually had friends already out there. So um, people that I'd met when they were on tour coming through Austin. Um, so no, it wasn't a bunch of, it wasn't really a culture shock. I mean, the enormity of LA was, was kind of jarring yeah. because Austin was a pretty small town when I left um but uh no i mean the gangs and stuff were new to me uh we we moved into this um neighborhood when we first got there uh in east hollywood and uh the dominant gang there was a gang called white fence and um we actually lived next door to this guy named spider who was like, like a honcho, you know, like a big guy there. And, um, we, um, we hit it off. So he was like, you know, told everybody in the neighborhood, you know, don't fuck with those white boys. They're cool. <laughs> well, that's good. So, that's good. I mean, that's, yeah. it's a, a, you know, you hook up, especially somebody like spider. You want to really, I mean, I'm sure that's his Christian name. He's, his birth name, right? That I don't think his mom his, named his him Spider. Name? You don't think so? Was baptized by that? I don't, I don't think his mom said, you know, gave birth and said, "You're my spider." Okay. Nah, I I love when I hear. Somebody I think you earned it. People people like that in my life who've had those great nicknames. I, I want the story. The first thing I do when I meet him, I'm like, yeah. "Tell me," because clearly, your name is way cooler than my boring name, and you've got a story <laughs> behind yours. Mine goes back to like my mom spelling it one way, and then the nurse saying, "That's not the right way to spell it." And, and spelled it <laughs> her way. 
And um, that's like the, you know, that's the exciting part of my story, but like your name's like Spider or, or something else. And I knew somebody named Kabuki. I'm like, these are some great names. Um, well, and I was thinking because I, and I thought like it was a, a shock, like you're going to the big city, but to me, I always wonder like, because Texas always seemed to me actually like it was almost like it was tougher and going up to LA around the time when everything was kind of glammy and pretty. To me, it's almost like it felt like it was like, not that you're overwhelmed in a bad way. It was just like, feel kind of like, um, you know, it's a different world because you were coming from like, almost like a, a rougher thing. Am I, am no, I, I was wondered. No. Um, Austin's a pretty laid back town. When I, we moved to LA, there was nothing glamorous about it. Hollywood was a fucking ghetto. Um, and over the years, between Disney and, Scientology buying up a lot of property. They really cleaned it up. I mean, you, it's it's not the place it was in 86 when I landed there. I mean, it was like dangerous and dirty. I so, heard now it's not even like that. I heard now it's just in the ghost town again. It's, you know, you got to go to Vegas to go to Rock or Nashville. Everyone's, everyone's kind of moved left uh, LA. From the sounds of a it. lot of people have. Yeah. It's not the same, same world. Yeah. So actually, it is a good question now. So with you guys being reactivated and you, you're touring and doing playing in the gigs, is it more of a challenge now to get more of an audience or is, is a lot of your fan base has gotten older and grown with you? It's always been a challenge getting an audience. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, well, with COVID and, and, and it, actually it is, it is a challenge getting anybody in there, but, but you're one of the bands that you don't need to have 18,000 billion people on Instagram to pack a club. You, you know, they got people now right. that have a million views and a million followers. And I always say this all the time, but you bring them down to the smallest club in that, in their, in their own town, and they are not going to fill it because it's not the same. Well, we, we, are packing, we are packing clubs, but it's clubs, you know, we're, we're never going to pack, you know, mid-sized, you know, venues or arenas or anything like that. But um, our fan base is fiercely loyal and um you know we we do respectably well okay you know enough to to keep doing it and keep it fun and um you know after 35 years it's more than a lot of people could ask for so well you have a lot of belief you know and i, I can say i mean and the truth is i mean you can size or whatever i mean but with a band like yours and what you can do, I mean, you can still go out there and make people happy in a night. I yeah. mean, that's still a gift. That I mean, you write songs that have changed people's lives. And still to this day, I still hear people talking about it, you know, certain songs. I mean, I tell you, honestly, Styrofoam Cup is a great freaking song. It should be like a big, oh, bigger hit. I mean, you're welcome. I mean, these, you are writing songs that are as good now or even better. I mean, honestly, I mean, I, I can't, I, like, I, honestly, I love in, in on, um, well, I hope they're getting. I mean, after well, all I mean, this but, time, well, no, no, no. But let's be honest. I mean, sometimes songs worse. are like, no. But sometimes it, it, you, it, the challenge is to not repeat yourself, but you want to be original and you want to grow. But if you go too yeah. much, you lose your fan base. Or like, because you're not it's not the same band anymore. And some of the bigger bands have had that problem trying to grow as writers. And Styrofoam Cup fits in as well as you know, it, it fits in with it would fit in with everything else. But it's still a growth Thanks. in a song. And you know, you're welcome. It's, and and it feels like it's heartfelt. And a, a lot of your songs are like that. Um, how come you guys? So like, what you guys? When you guys? I'm skipping around a bit. Like Rome is burning. Got a lot of acoustic stuff on that. What was the? And obviously songs from the the album before that, Hell or High Water. 
what was the impetus for doing that album to kind of the impetus for for doing high water no no for doing rome is burning the whole for doing like all the acoustic stuff and putting out that because your 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 history is like you have some self-produced some stuff came out like the order of it came out and kind of mixed around it's like old stuff new stuff right yeah. and the fan we, did, we, we, we released faded we released faded in the river as a just a you know single mm -hmm. a you know the b-side um I don't remember an acoustic version of Rome, but if you say it happened, then you no, no, know the, the, the the album itself, Rome is burning oh. itself. It's got a lot of acoustic songs on. It's got, I don't know, it's the river's on it, and Rome is burning on it. And then then there's a then it's, it's released. Well, it's on iTunes. That's what I'm saying. It's it's like several couple acoustics on there. You do um uh, to the wheels fall off. It's a Blackberry uh, smoke oh, song, right? Right. Um, right I have yeah. a guitarist on here. He's he's a really great guy. Um. Uh. Don't, don't don't give a damn. And then you do guys obviously do. Uh, you you, you uh, talk to Charlie. Uh. No. Or I talked to Charlie? Um. I uh, know. I talked to the uh, guitarist. Um. What's escaping uh, um, me right now? I can't think of his name. Yeah. Uh, he was super nice guy. Super nice guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really I'm talking. Super great guy. Super great band. Um. So I was happy to hear you do that song. And uh, but in Hell or Wire, so it's kind of like a little EP acoustic -y mixture thing. I don't know if that's just for digital on iTunes. Maybe that's why. It felt like it was yeah. like a out of order. Yeah. I don't make uh, executive decisions. I let the uh, the smarter guys in the band do that stuff. I just show up and hold the mic. Well, what you guys actually did, you guys, and it has out listed there is you guys doing Joker and, and the Triple X album is self-released. Mm -hmm. And a lot of songs have kind of crisscrossed over some of these those albums because they didn't get out different production times. Once again, they were really good albums. They were really good songs out there. It just wasn't the label or the time period for that the music anymore. I mean, it feels like right, once, you get, yeah. once you get past that time period, it's a stigma for that type of art. Like I bet you, if a really right. great alternative band came out right now, they're not going to do it. Like another Alice in Chains style, not sounds like them, but you know, there's like a couple of bands that came out of grunge, like your Pearl Jams, your Alice in Chains, and Soundgarden's, the bigger ones that came out that are still around. Or that I still talked about if that kind of band came out now, people are like, who you know, yeah. Well, mm. the irony about the whole grunge thing was that you know, pretty much everybody with long hair in LA got their deals, you know, terminated, you know, everybody got dropped from their labels. But, um, I felt like because of our punk background, I mean, all of us were in punk bands when we were kids, you know, that yeah. we had a lot more in common with the, the grunge movement than, than like the, whatever you want to call it, the, you know, sunset strip hair metal thing, you know? So. Well, but, yeah, you guys were not a glam band by any means. I mean, I thought you guys were just more of a, a band of the people. I mean, you obviously could cross between, you know, musically but uh, yeah i didn't feel like it you, i think if they supported you guys more there was a delay in that last in, the, in that second album you would have had a better chance to keep going i mean there are bands that kept going and did and eventually came back up again but yeah i think it was going to happen anyhow because most most, most music styles go in like in 10 year 10 12 year uh, cycles if you look at like 70s rock and disco and then like metal and then alter alternative didn't last as long though in the grunge you know what i mean and now it goes back right. to another thing again. And now it's back to some of the older stuff that people, when, you know, our age, 
listened to it when they were younger and you made it when they were younger. Now you're at a point in your life where you're like settled and you have expendable income and people can do these things and go out to the concerts, the M3s and the boat shows and which are great for bands like you guys. Cause they're like good gigs. Yeah. And yeah, we have, we are <laughs> old enough now that our fans back then have, you know, had children and now their children have moved on. So now they're free to act like teenagers again, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah. so the whole grunge. Go yeah. ahead. No, I was gonna say the grunge thing myself. Yeah, it. it I think the grunge thing was kind of got it got a weird rap. You know, I don't think it was the only reason why heavy metal went out. Heavy metal was copying itself. It was on its third and fourth versions of copies of bands, glam wise. By the time the nineties, you know what I mean. Everybody looked the same. Everybody sounded the same, um, and it just got stale. It got stagnant, and. I don't really understand. I mean, I know there's diehard '80s hair band fans that are that are um, that don't like grunge because they thought it ruined, you know, that scene. But really, I mean, rock and roll is always evolving. I mean, that's mm -hmm. the way it is. I mean. You know the doo-wop shit in, in the in the 50s. You know bands like Elvis or the Platters or the the you know all, all the you know great acapella bands. You know was great, and then in the 60s, you know it started evolving, and you know bands like the Beatles and the Stones um, were happening, and then that evolved into even like harder stuff like Sabbath and Zeppelin and things like that. I mean, it's always changing and it's supposed to. I mean, I mean, I mean, what if we were still listening to Elvis Presley? I mean, not that we don't, but I just mean like 50s music, you know, Yeah, 50 years later. I was going to say the Bay City Rollers. If we got stuck in the Bay City Rollers, that's going to be a little more painful. <laughs> yeah. Bay City, I mean, yeah, and yeah, I mean, there was the kind of a pop rock explosion and, um, you know, hard rock explosion. Um, and it, it just that's the nature of the beast. I mean, it, 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 it evolves, it changes. And I thought there was a lot of really talented um, bands during the grunge movement, you know? I, I agree with you, but I also think that, I mean, I'll be honest, some of the styles, though, I felt like some of the styles are trying to so be the opposite of, of glam, but they were so much the other way. I'm like, maybe we should slow down a little bit and meet in the middle. Because you guys are getting a little bit crazy. Like, you guys fit like five people in your pants right now, the size of those pants. Like, maybe we should just put <laughs> the clothes from that time period. But the music. Hey, believe me, a lot of those guys in Seattle were wearing spandex in the 80s. And they couldn't do it. They weren't, that, they weren't big. Allison Chains weren't, weren't when they that traded big. Them in, when they yeah. traded their spandex into cargo pants, you know. And it was the same thing. It was like, like when Guns N' Roses got signed. Probably two hundred other bands got signed because every record label was looking for the new Guns N' Roses, and maybe you know ten percent of them had any success. We we had marginal success. Some of our you know colleagues, our peers, you know, had a fair amount of success, but um, the same thing happened in Seattle. You know, when some Nirvana got huge, 
everybody was looking for the new Nirvana. So 200 bands in Seattle got signed and maybe 10% of them were worthy of, and, and then a lot of it was just same thing that happened in LA, just cookie cutter, like cheap imitations. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and that was, that's probably the whole problem is, you know, with, with, with everything, trying to keep in chase of the bands and styles, it's not going to work. You gotta be your own person. Right. You know, yeah. and, and I think the bands that stand up for each time period were their own people. And, and it is a good, good example. Mm -hmm. I mean, no one can be Guns N' Roses, you know, no one can be the Rolling Stones. Like, the fact that they're actually talking about doing a new album is insane to me right now. Didn't Jagger just turn like 80 no, or something? Sure. I, I, I think they're talking about, I think they're, they're teasing about doing an album. So, I mean, remember the, remember how we used to talk to like, well, I'd like to make it as long as the Rolling Stones when they're like, you know, be up to like um, 60 playing rock and roll or something. That used to be the thing when we were younger, right? And now Mick's like in his 80s still dancing up there and they're talking about a new album. You're like, well, the bar has been raised again. I mean, 80, like Mick Jagger's like, old. Oh, my grandfather was like an assisted living. He couldn't walk on his own. Like Mick Jagger's like, got more energy than I do. That's, that's I remember being at like punk shows when I was a kid and there'd be like some people there that were like in their late 20s, early 30s. Yeah. And I'd be like, what is that fucking grandpa doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think old is looking different. I, I, I don't. Somebody sent me a thing. I just sent out to my wife a picture. It had like all the old people you thought they were old when you were younger, like on TV shows, like Flo yeah. from Alice. She was like thirty nine, yeah. like in right, like, I know. <laughs> when she, or like the Golden Girls, like I think in their fifties or something. Like back then, I'm like what? Like all the ages of you know Archie Bunkers were in like in their forties and stuff. So it feels like old is different when we were younger. Well, I you just know? remember like, I mean, I just realized that my grandfather was like my age now when i you know would go visit him you know i was like wow yeah time time is funny it, 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 and you think about like, my grandfather i do think about my grandfather what they were doing at this age and it's like worlds apart like how they were even health-wise they were not the same i think yeah. most of us are healthier now a little bit too we look a little younger we're a little different i mean covid kind of put me to the ringer but prior to that felt like a lot of people were aging a little bit better <laughs> you know Mentally, well, at least. I'm doing everything I can to derail myself, but uh, I'm still here. So you got to keep going. You got to keep going. You got to keep moving. You know, and I, I think that what I was gonna say was that with all the originals of each band movement, the reason why it's still around and still talking about it, like you, and it goes back to you. You have an original voice, you know, and and the band is very original sounding, and and even Jason, you know, Dangerous Toys, original sound, like. All the bands and Jet Boy, like a lot of those guys that are still able to go out and play now, yeah, all had their own sound. They weren't really copying anybody. Of course, you're in, there's influencing and being influenced by your peers growing up and your and your friends and and, and your other artists, and then you're just copying them and dressing like them and trying to be them. And, and those are the ones that kind of fell off to the side, right? Because yeah, you know, just didn't have anything to offer. They may have been talented, they just weren't original, you know. To that point, yeah, you know, I don't, and that's American Idol stuff, different audience. Yeah, it's the whole game has changed, you know. Could you imagine doing it now at your age? Not well, now being younger, being a younger David trying to do music now. Could you imagine trying to break into it now? Oh, I would have it's no bananas. clue. Uh, I don't think anybody knows how. Like, I mean, there's so much competition and with social media and everybody trying to break it. On you, I don't know. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it. 
I know. Get a in lot my of day, you just had to you, you yeah. just had to play shows and kick ass and get attention and get better shows and get more attention. You know, but that mm-hmm. seems like the way to do it for all types of music, even if it isn't rock and roll for any type of music, just to work it and work it and work it and, and grow on your songs and work on your songs and work on your show. You know, and become a band yeah. and then work on your songs some more and and road test yeah. them. I mean, now I started say before I stepped over here, I apologize. You know, people will follow my feed for, you know, they want me to interview them. They'll be like, you should interview me. I'm like, you look at it and it's like, usually a lot of pictures of guitars on the beach or something. I'm like, but you have no music. I don't know who you are. Like, like I don't think there's that. I'm trying to be, you know, judging of you. There is nothing. There's no, there's nothing there. Like, it, you know, everyone just wants to be a star, you know, yeah. whereas the star of the show is the music, you know. Without and necessarily just, having the content, you know. Right. It's all the autocorrect and and things like that. It's just a lot of it just sucks the soul out of the music to me, you know. Um songwriting is the most important aspect of it. Or it is to me. Well, um, it is to me. That's what the show's about. <laughs> about I literally say all the time, are you serving a song? Are you serving a song? You know? Because yeah. If you're not, it's a waste. And that's why I appreciate your songwriting. And like I said, Styrofoam Cup is a perfect example of a really great crafted song. It's got a little everything in it. And 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 like you break the acoustic version is good. But man, when I first heard it back when it came out, I was like, I was blown which, away. The Styrofoam Cup. Styrofoam Cup. Oh. That's just an easy one to go to. I want people to listen to the albums if they haven't, but I'll put the link at the bottom. But I, I really think just talking about a, a good songwriting example from like maybe from your first two albums to now. Have you approached your songwriting any different now? Like, like how are you doing? How are you no, songwriting now? I still just... don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I have no idea. Um, I'll just be walking around or whatever and come up with a line that I think is interesting and I'll uh, write it down. And so a lot of my songs are just um, a bunch of one-liners that I quilt together kind of you know i'm I, I have no discipline i have no like songwriting like i do it all wrong well no well, no actually no you don't and that's the thing like i've talked to so many people and it's, it's always great to talk about like songs like there's no right or wrong way i mean right some some, some artists will be like here's what i do for the music and I'm, even guitar players i'll be like how often do you practice? So like I get off tour, I put it in the corner. And these are guys that are just ridiculous, ridiculous guitar players. Makes me just want to throw mine out in the, in the streets. And they're like, I never practice. Or or sometimes they're like, I always practice. Or a songwriter would be like, I can't think of anything. It's really hard. I can't write on the road. I can't do this. I have to sit down and, and they have to have people help them. And some people just write when they're going for a walk, you know? No, I, um, yeah, I read about before. Different, different artists that, um, you know, they make themselves every morning when they wake up, write something, you know, I just don't have that discipline. I just don't. And a lot, and like, I'm lucky to have like working with, you know, with Chris Gates um, and Tim Moser, they both have like a pop sensibility and like song structure ability. And I, I don't have that. My, you know, if I try to do something, I mean, a styrofoam cup and the river were like two of the only songs I actually wrote myself. And I had to do the guitar part phonetically, like 
You don't play any guitar at all? No. I would figure I got no hand to eye coordination. But um so usually um because those guys are songwriters and they can usually come up with a hook and a melody and a line like a line for a chorus mm -hmm. and that's when i come in is because whatever they construct as a kind of the backbone of the song the idea i can take off from there and um write a story around it you know so, so Lily, but I need help. I'm, 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 I couldn't do it without, without them. Well, I mean, you sure. just said you did. You did two songs at least without, without any help. I think you could play guitar. There's a lot of stuff on YouTube now. Even I never played guitar until a couple of years ago. I'm not saying I'm good I'm not, at all, but it's fun. My kids play instruments, but it's all you know. It's fun to play cowboy chords and to learn. And I think you'd surprise yourself, you know, especially if you're just chunking away at melodies. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I don't want to. All right. Well, if you don't want no, to, this little it. dog, man. I don't. You know, I've done what I've done this far. I mean, you're right, but I'm still not going to do it. Well, the fact that you can you can you can hum out the songs and stuff and 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 do it just shows me you have the obviously the musical ability. If you wanted to figure out how to pull it out a little differently to to shape your own songs, because you know the ones you did write on your own. But I think the compositions are good. I think you know, like especially songs like. Lifer, I mean, and all the newer stuff is, is so exciting. It's so, I mean, Hello High Water is a great album. Like, it's as good as the debut album. It's good as, you know, just different times. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. And, and I well, love we, the fact we that talked about that earlier where you said bands that have been around so long are trying to recreate themselves or something. Yeah. Um, it can be a challenge to find a, a balance. That, that, you know, 27 year layoff between albums. Um, we just kind of picked off where we left off, picked up where we left off. It wasn't like we went through years of um, jazz exploration or, you know, trying yeah. to change who we were because we're kind of a one trick pony, you know, kind of like maybe ACDC or uh, Rose Tattoo in that sense. We didn't, try to grow and develop and become something that we weren't, you know, so, and that's why the, you know, we never lost interest of the fans, I think, because they, they know what they're getting, you know? Well, I think if an artist is just who they are all the time, whether they just change your music or decide something different, as long as they're honest, it's just they're honest. It's when, they, when, they, when the artist is trying to be something they're not, you know, they try to change because they feel like they have to, you know, this is who you are. This is your, your style of music and people love it. And But your songwriting has gotten better, I think. Well, you, know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, you, know. you know, it's a personal choice. It's, a, you know, everybody's got a different reaction. True, true, true. But I think, you know, it it, it shows and anybody's a fan of the band would acknowledge that. Where are we actually with music for you guys now? Like a newer album coming? Are we, how are we shaping up? I'd say it's about two thirds, maybe three quarters written. We got some demos, and um, I think it's my favorite album we've done. You know, if we can just get to doing it, that'd be great. I think Pat's doing the 
the live drum because we demoed everything, but we did it um, in Tim's studio. So it was Tim just did everything, you know, the, just, um, you know, they weren't live drums. Yeah. It was just drum machine and uh, like scratch stuff like track that. So, right. So, but we got the songs, most of them, and um, we're just going to do live drums and live guitar. And um, I'll probably re-sing a few things. Um, see how it goes. But I'm so really you have proud the songs? of it. So you have all the songs, yeah. so it's just not... Okay, cool. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I, I, and I know people... Fans, Most are hard to, oh, And I know fans are always like, what are they doing well now? Or I don't care. Like, it's hard because you get both sides of the fence with, with fans, especially for this type, style of music nowadays. They either don't care and they want to see the greatest hits thing, which is right. exhausting for most artists and for most fans because it's just like, I hear it one more time, you know, and some, some artists like to hear it all the time. And then some songs are harder to sing as you get older too. Um, if you're I old stuff. I, I've been pretty lucky that I'm. You sang in your range though. You didn't try, you didn't, you didn't. Yeah. But you've never tried to do like these crazy, you served the song. You didn't do these vocal acrobatics where you were like, when you were younger, just because right. you can hit a note doesn't mean you have to hit a note. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's been very loyal to you as you get older because you sound great now, and you can still there, reproduce it. And, uh, there's there's obviously obviously songs that we have to do, you know, um, Hollywood, Hollywood, and Simple stuff. Man. Like, Simple Man, Simple Man's no problem. Hollywood was hard to sing when I was twenty, so <laughs> it hasn't gotten any easier. It feels um, like it's harder because it's just the pace of it. You get winded easy. The phrasing just feels like it's that's. Da, 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 da. That, that would be the harder part, especially if you get older. No, getting up there. Oh, okay. To, you know, a little bit out of my range, but, you know, I think you're pretty good, I think. I think you sound great um, a lot live on, online. I haven't heard you in person. Um, I think you guys do a good job live, you know, from what I've heard. What I've heard. You know, is it hard for you guys now to add new songs to set? How are the fans about that? Well, we kind of um, we don't do a lot of new stuff. We do new stuff, or we do stuff from high water, and uh, you know, lifer and stuff like that. Uh, but we we kind of just do like like about a third of each album, mm -hmm. you know, to try and get everything in there without you know. I remember when I was a kid going to see my favorite bands, you know, I didn't want to hear their new stuff. You know, really? sometimes it's okay. You, you buy their new album, you want to hear it. How does the new stuff have some old stuff? You have to hear it first as new stuff. No, I, I know. I was young. <laughs> well, um, does it change now for you that you're older now? Do you appreciate it? Do you want to hear some new stuff? Yeah, I, I would love to um, drop a few of the things I've been doing for 35 years and do more new stuff. But the fans want to hear it. Stuff. You know, that's another thing going on right now, like um, all the tribute bands. Mm -hmm. um, like there's places, clubs that we can only play on a Sunday night because the venue has been sold out for weeks on Friday and Saturdays for tribute bands. And I believe, I mean, <laughs> that's awful. Well, Neil Peart's not around anymore, but uh, Rush could be playing someplace, and if there was a tribute band across the street, 
doing, you know, the whole 2112 album or something, yeah. people would rather go see the tribute band. And it, it's, I mean, so original live music is a dying breed in a lot of ways. Well, and it's funny, being the tribute music they're doing is probably a lot of that genre anyhow, you know what I mean? I think a tribute band is fine. I wouldn't I wouldn't pick it over another band. And I don't usually go to a lot of shows to begin with or tribute shows. And I saw one recently. Is it a charity um, for special needs? They, they do like a, they, every week they had new bands. It was a fundraiser. And every mm -hmm. week I'd go with my wife and my mother-in-law and um, all different types of music. And um, this the week I went to, it had to be like a, like a hair metal week or something. And it was like, oh, Sean, you should like that. I'm like, oh, not really. Cause that's not, I usually like originals type of stuff. And usually, and you do for trivia bands, you can't pull it off because you can't be every sound. You can't do every guitar tone right. You can't sing everybody's voice, especially rock voices back then. People actually sounded mm -hmm. differently, but it just doesn't sound mm -hmm. right. You know, I'll say the band did a good job. I mean, the energy in the audience, people loved it. They were tapping their feet. And that's what they wanted. People wanted those those hits, like a radio, like yeah. it, was, it was a radio station. Nostalgia. And, you know? It's a you know, nostalgia show. And, right. Yeah, they like to recreate, you know, and and a lot of the bands are really talented, you know, there's no doubt, you know, they pulled off well. I think it's I just, it's, that was your favorite time in life, you know what I mean? Like when you hit, when you found your favorite bands, you were still a teen, you were starting in your early 20s, you were a different person. And then all of a sudden, a lot of people stopped listening to music at that point and maybe just started again and don't know the other albums because they stopped listening to music for like 20 years, right. you know what I mean? And then yeah. they're back now and they want to hear Hollywood again. And they don't realize you guys have done like a couple other albums in between. You know, yeah. you have new material. Well, what are you going to do? Well, I actually well, did a, a tribute band with uh, the guys from Jet Boy, like in 87. It was a ACDC. We just did um, Bon Scott songs. Era. And, um, and Fernie Rod was such a just nerd rocker man he learned every lick every angus lick like like <laughs> perfectly um we played this one show and um brett michaels was there and he comes up after the show and goes man i just closed my eyes and i swore it was this acdc playing <laughs> that's just a good compliment you know but yeah i'm sure yeah, this is flattering. It, it, it is, and I think it has its place, and it can be very fun. And I think it just has to have a place. And I think it's hard. I feel I feel for musicians. I see, like, and I think, and obviously, you you're also active on Facebook with, and Facebook is loaded with lots of opinions and all kinds of stuff. And one of the mm -hmm. things I see, I'm not going to go into politics at all. But when, this is not politics. But, well, musicians will go on and they'll get mad and they'll say they get mad that their friends won't go see them. You know, they're not a, a band like they've been known but they got original music, but they've been doing this for a while. The friends won't go out and see them, but the friends will go out and see a tribute band. And I can see both sides because really they just don't want to maybe, you know, they're not into your music. They don't want to say anything or you shouldn't have to, your friend shouldn't have to feel like they have to go to your show. And once again, it's going back to the nostalgia feeling. Their band is not going to do that when they do go out now at this point in their life. But at the same time, who's supporting the new music? Because right. it's a double-edged sword. To expect it, Maybe or the old music that <laughs> were. Well, it, it is. I mean, it, the audience is different now. I mean, do you notice the age difference at your show? I know some bands are saying they're getting younger crowds, and that's great. Do you see it? Most of the young people that we get are 
children of our old fans. Yeah. And usually they're like, you know, even though they got dragged there <laughs> and, and didn't care, um, they're, they're, they really enjoyed it. They were like, wow. I mean, basically I they almost say it just like that. Yeah, my parents made me come, but you guys are really fun to watch, you know, so that's cool. I, I, I think music is missing that. I think I brought my kid to see um, Stephen Piercy, and I don't think she knew any of the songs. But she came along with me, and she had a great time, you know, and that was it, you know. She digs in music. Oh. Because I think it's the energy of, of just loud guitars and just, you know, sweat and just rock and roll and screaming. I mean, it's just good melodies. Yeah. And it's just something that is missing a lot. And it's been missing well, it's for a while. Really, yeah, it's it's raw and it's in your face and it's not what they're used to on whatever format they get their you know right music with you know with the you know choreography and then you know 12 dancers behind you know fill in the blank singer yeah. chick you know and it's just it has a more like a rawness and a, a sense of danger or something that you don't get in um all the uh, formulated, you know, crap. I don't like to talk shit about new music because it makes me sound like an old man. Like, no, back I, I, in I our day, we did well, a thing, It's different. not just new music. It's always been like that, though. Even music back then, if it was fu formulated, you know what I'm saying? It was hard. Yeah, you could be a good pop band. You could be, sure. I mean, yeah. there were great pop bands that, that were back then and now. I can say, you know, I think Duran Duran were great back then, and they're still writing good stuff, and they sound good. And, but you could, you know, and they weren't formulated. Other bands have copied them, but they can sing and they can play their instruments really well, you know. Yeah, and that's you can even go further back than that. And um, that when um, labels like Motown and um, oh yeah, different different roots had um, they had a you know a higher group of writers that were just hit you know machines. Um, you know the muscle the guys of Muscle Shoals, and um, uh, there's a few really good documentaries about. Oh, I know. About you know that yeah, there's period. other people that write, used to used to write too. But they were the Hit Crew. They're called that. Was it the and the Wrecking yeah, Crew? Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and so that was all pretty formulated. I mean, they're amazing songs. Right. Musicians like were good, and those guys couldn't write, so they put two, the two worlds together. But I think that was the beginning of the end. <laughs> formula music well, you know yeah but if that's what people I, want i mean that's that's what people want i mean you can't you know that's just how the world is i think well, the hit makers in the in the, the big record labels want hits they want you know i mean it's just good business sense um it's like bands like us and a lot of my friends bands are um just sort of a you know, we all, I think, knew from the beginning we were never going to be huge, but we still had to do what we had to do because it's what we love, you know. I, I, and and that's you get the respect, you know. You guys are very honest, you know, and, and just it's good music. And it doesn't matter what you – it's not about being a star. It's just about writing good songs you like and playing them, you know. And you guys yeah. have really put up a lot of stuff to go out and do it. You know, it's not an easy to tour. It's not – no, no, 
you when I was a kid, you guys aren't spilling, you know, cocaine on your on your lobster on your jet. You know what I mean? It's right. like five guys <laughs> with like with like gas problems in the back of a yeah. van, and maybe yeah. you're gonna run a gas on your way there, and everyone's sharing like three burritos. You know, you've been on tour. I know a little bit about it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's, and, and it's that's why you guys get the props. It's and you guys, when people come to town, people need to see bands. It's a lo- really hard. You know. When I was a kid, I did. I wanted to be a rock star. I wanted to be a rock star. I wanted yeah. to buy my mom a big house and, you know, do the whole thing. Um, you know, I I'm comfortable where I am, and I like being able to um, hang out with people. You know, I don't get mobbed. You know, I don't get. You know, I I can just to hang out have a beer with, you know, some fans before the show, talk to them afterwards, you know, and it's a good experience for everybody, you know, and, you know, because, you know, so like, ah, he's just a regular guy. Yeah. You know, he didn't, he's like, like, he's approachable. You know, I, I like to be approachable. I like, you know, to shoot the shit with my fans, you know, it's, it's a luxury. It's it's it, it's really. I mean, I don't want to go to my, you know, get off stage and go hide in a, you know, back room or a, a hotel room for the, you know, and not have any connection with the people that um, are buying your t-shirts or driving two hundred miles to see you. You know, I mean, that's your bread and butter, and those are the people that that allow you to you know have what you have so i i'm glad to to be able to um hang out with them without it being like a big pain in the ass <laughs> there is always of, one guy though well there are, well, the problem is i think that the thing is a i think conceptually to me the idea of having a lot of people know you would be kind of freaky like to not have it because you know, i you know i've never been in a you know a known person so i think the idea of it kind of seems almost like whoa kind of weird i imagine you get used to it in a way in a way it can be kind of you're like oh yeah you know. i just mean like 99 percent of the uh, the people that i interact with are cool and they want you know five or ten minutes of your time and um you know photo uh um autograph or whatever and you know we shoot the shit but there's usually like one guy that just wants to like monopolize your time and like just is relentless and you're like look it's been nice talking to you but there's other people here that I'd like to you know your yeah. all attention to and you're sucking the fucking blood out of me dude you know but you know it's part of it those are the type of people that are always there. And I think, you know, a lot of the fans, I, I hear that. I'm like, how you talk to so-and-so, what are they like? I'm like, they're like a nice person. They get up and they have coffee and they do their life. And, you know, sometimes it's a big crowd and sometimes it's a small crowd, but literally there's the same people as you, you know, everyone else. There's no, I don't really talk to a lot of egos, you know, especially in, 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 in the rock between the seventies and, you know, nineties rockers. No one's, a lot of people are really chill. You know, I think it's the fans yeah. that get so crazy about it it puts things at a weird, weird level for the artists. Like I can imagine being on a boat cruise. I know a lot of artists get kind of freaked out about that because you're trapped on the boat and fans get kind of crazy. 
<laughs> and you got nowhere to go. You know, swim with the sharks to get off the boat, you know? Yeah. But I've, heard that actually, the thing, I've actually heard that a lot of artists are very surprised that it works out really well. And I think it's because of the pedigree and the age of some of the fans now. It's gotten better, you know? I, I do I do want to say, um, you know, I want, I want to take, take the time today. I'd like maybe we can talk again when your album's done. But I want to, I want to say um, on Facebook, you do, you have posted some stuff and you have uh, another talented person in your family. You're, I know your son's an artist. Maybe you want to do a little shout out to your son and their awesome art abilities. Um, just if you're interested in art, he's on um, Instagram, Ray Roach Fine Arts. I believe. Well, the link will be below it uh, for the podcast and for YouTube. So I don't need to memorize it, kick it out there. But I do want to say I've seen the art also posted on, on your on your Facebook and it's pretty cool. And um, you know, besides supporting bands, you know, you want to support a young artist too, because it's just as hard to being an artist. <laughs> you know? It's like being a musician without a cool soundtrack in your life, you know. It's just <laughs> <laughs> it's just a lot of messy paints in your room, you know. Um, so Thank you. We're looking forward to the music. People check out the links below and we'll talk again when a new album comes out. Okay. Cool. Love to.